You're listening to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast with Terrence Murphy, where we cover sales, investing, and entrepreneurship with an emphasis on real estate. Each podcast, Terrence and his guests will bring you informative and inspiring information within the real estate industry. All right. So welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. I start off with a quote. This one's really short. It says, in our dreams, we are all winners. Reality just narrowed down the competition. Bradley Sugars. So in, in our dreams, we're all winners. But in reality, it just narrowed, narrowed down the competition. So Lee, thank you for being on the show today. So my guest today is Lee Brown. She's an amazing realtor. She has a great personality. So I know we're going to enjoy this podcast. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. It's a real honor to be with you, Terrence. And I'm excited for our just random conversation today because we're going to run all over the place. We are. We're going to have fun doing it at the same time. No, that's, that's all that matters. So tell me a little bit about yourself. So give me your background. We all have a background on how and why we became realtors. And I would say realtor. People kill me. But you make my heart glad when you say it the right way with only two syllables. I feel like my day is going to be complete one day on the earth when people finally stop putting a uh in the middle. But I'm a 21-year realtor and I'm in Concord, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. I came to real estate from Texas, in fact, and I saw your little Aggies helmet behind you. My daughter's actually looking at Texas Tech, so we're kind of hoping she goes guns up. Oh, we're done. It's done. Podcast is done. Podcast is done. If you're okay with that, I didn't say she's going to UT. That would be the end of our friendship. I mean, let's be Texas Tech is way out in Lubbock. But anyway, I was in Texas because I was selling chainsaws at the time, and I love sales. I love relationships. I love people. I loved being the only woman in sales at the time in that company, but it wasn't mine. And it was frustrating because every time I would achieve something, they would reset the goals. They would send me another form to fill out. There would be something else that somebody else required of me. And I grew up as a child of a realtor. My dad became one in 1978. So I'd always been around it, but like every other kid, I don't want to do what daddy does. And then I was so frustrated in the corporate world. I said, you know what? Let me throw all in. And as you know, you find out in real estate that there's a million different journeys and a million different pathways you can go down, but you get to pick and you have the opportunity to work with people who love getting to know you. You get to help people build financial wealth. They can start their own empire. They can build so many different things. And being a part of that in the entrepreneurial spirit, there's nothing else like it in the world. I've seen entrepreneurs in lots of spaces, but their pathway might be this road. And then they add this road and they add this one. But real estate's like a 20 lane highway. I mean, it's all real estate, but you can do so many different things in the space. And I freaking love it. And I wouldn't do anything else. I don't think. I love it, man. Love the energy. So I want to, I want to dive into the sales you started. What if you were able to pull three, you know, kind of nuggets from that experience of not only being the most amazing rock star female in that space at your company, but what did you pull from just that sales industry that you were able to translate into real estate? Oh, if you ask for the business, you will usually get the business. I mean, let's be honest, most people are just a bunch of lazy bones. They want to sit back and wait for the phone to ring and wait for somebody to come through some social network instead of doing the daily hard work. So at the time, I was in my company truck for 500 miles a day. I mean, I was on the road all the time. This arm was brown because it hung out the window of my truck. But I had a personal map and a schedule because in West Texas, you know, West Texas is big. 
And the old advertising slogan, the sun has risen, the sun has set, and here I is in Texas yet. And so you just never get anywhere. So you may as well stop and do the business. Well, I'd walk in the door and Terrence, some of these people hadn't seen a woman in probably 35 years. So they're looking (laughs) at me like this. And I would bring in my little order form and I'd lay it in front of them and say, here's your order. Does this look okay? Sign hard, three copies, triplicate, because that's how old I am. And they would just sign it because I brought it prepared. Mm -hmm. I was ready. I did the research on what their dealerships needed. I knew what season we were in as far as chainsaws or weed trimmers or snow throwers, because there is snow in Texas, people. If y'all didn't know that, roll up the Amarillo sometime. But I had their order ready and I asked and they signed. Well, I at the time, I'm, I am so old that Husqvarna had rolled out zero turn mowers at the time when I was there. And I sold a whole truckload to a dealership when most of my fellows were selling, you know, two or three people were trying it out. So we went to our annual sales meeting in Stockholm, Sweden, and the a company owner said, Lee Brown, stand up. Well, I was Lee Thomas at the time. And I stood up and he said, tell him how you sold a truckload of mowers. And I said, I asked him to buy a truckload and I sat back down. And, and that's what it boils down to. But real estate's no different. And, and let's be honest, you have access to all the business you ever need in real estate right here, saved in here. All the people saved in your phone, they know you. They're, you're probably saved in their phone. But that's the last list that gets called. And why? Mm. Well, I mean, I don't want to be salesy. Well, sales is about asking somebody and helping them make a decision. You're not pushing. You don't have to be icky and gross, but if you're not calling them, well, guess what? You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a realtor if you're not calling them somebody else is. <laughs> and that's only one lesson I learned, but I went down a rabbit hole. So I'll just turn it back over to you. No, I love it. I love the energy. I love the energy. This podcast, this episode is going to do really well. Yeah. Because like you said, I, you know, I've coached agents for almost 10 years. And they want to sit back and I call them secret agents. I say, stop being a double O seven. You're not James Bond. Like get out and talk to people. You're not going to. And then what happens is one of their best friends or their neighbor or somebody lists a property and now they're, they're pissed off. And I'm like, that's your fault. Right. And so, um, no, that's great. So if I were a brand new agent and I was getting into the industry, what would be the top three things you would tell me I need to do in order to create a good business? All right. The first thing is stay humble because even if you sell five houses today, there is something to be learned. And when you get to that space where you think you know it all, you don't leave room to learn. And I I learn every day, Terrence. I know you're the same way because your business will die if you're not feeding it. And that's what learning is. And that's webinars, it's designations, it's calling your association, what classes are there? And then the second thing is tied into that learning piece is finding a mentor. Mm -hmm. And when you go to find a mentor, find the person who's doing the things that you dream of doing, that whole concept of you're going to play better golf if you play with better golfers. Well, the gentleman that I have looked up to for all these years, when I met him in the year 2000, he was closing 800 deals a year. And remember, that's in the time before these big mega teams, because we're not going to get into the conversation that if there's 100 people on your team selling 800 houses, that's an average of eight per, and that's nothing to achieve. I want to do what somebody else is doing. And he had this system that was just rock solid. So I didn't go to him and say, well, here's what I already know. I just said, what do you know? Yeah. I didn't say nothing. Write it down. (laughs) Because there's a time to shut up. 
and listen and learn and take notes. And then you have to do the hard work of implementation because that's the third thing that's going to make you successful in real estate. I've been teaching classes for over a decade now, and I call it 50 first dates because every time I walk in the room, I can teach the same content and they're like, oh, this is amazing. Then they walk out of the room and they can come back in, hear the same presentation and go, oh, because they're not doing anything. The world is full of people who type keyboard warriors and the people who sit back and lurk and stalk. And then you got this many people, Terrence, this little tiny sliver that says... I'm going to do it. And those implementers kill it. And that's why there are some, some early career realtors that, oh my gosh, out of the gate, they got a business plan. They're getting listings. They're getting buyers. They're crushing it. And why? Because they're doing. You can be somebody who hears and you can be somebody who does. And I'll tell you a quote that I came out of my devotion a few weeks ago that I was reading. And I would give credit if I could remember where I saw it, but I can't. So one day I'll find it. But the author said, A dream without action is nothing. But then again, action without a vision, without a dream is a nightmare. And it was so true because sometimes we take action and nothing happens because we don't know what the end goal is, which is why you want the mentor, because that gives you the idea of how to create the goal so that you're not just spinning your wheels. But then you're not going to be able to achieve all those things if you're not learning the steps in, in the first place. So you've got to connect all those dots. And be honest, real estate's not hard, but real estate's hard work. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. And a lot of people confuse the two because they don't want to do the hard work. They don't want to do the hard things. Okay, so fine, choose your hard. You want to lay on the couch in your yoga pants and make the excuse that, oh, there's COVID in the world. Oh, I can't work. No, get up off your dead self and find a way because the hard part is figuring it out. And, and you can't give me any excuse right now for how scared you are. Uh-uh. Turn off the television if you're scared. And if you're scared, then don't lick doorknobs and don't hug strangers and don't go to crowded places. You can manage a lot of things if you decide to. Love it. Love it. Love the fearlessness. Love today. Hey, mic drop. <laughs> Look, I just came off listening to my favorite podcast, which is Jason Whitlock's Fearless Podcast. Oh, so you're fired up. I'm telling you, I get fired up every time I listen to him because I get to get updates on football and spirituality and a little bit of politics. And it's great. <laughs> yep. And it's the reason why 80, you know, 80 percent of the production is done by 10 to 20 percent of the agents, because we're choosing to go out and still take action. You know, I was at a bill conference. Say, a couple, say it again, Terrence. Say it again for the people in the back. For the people in the choosing. back. Yeah. Choosing to go out and take action. And uh, that's important because it's a choice. Every day is a choice. That's why, like right now, I've just been having the U2 song on. It's a beautiful day. I've just been playing it every day because every day that we wake up, man, it's, we're, we're so blessed. And, you know, I didn't I didn't really read any Tony Robbins books, but now I just ordered a couple of them. But I got to hear him speak in person. He was literally standing right in front of me and he changed my perspective right now. And he talked about energy and he talked about we only we all have the same amount of time every day, but. Our energy is what we have to manage and balance because we have different levels of energy. And so he said, you got to make sure that you're putting the right things in, whether it's yoga, podcast, time with God, whatever it is, putting that into you so that you can go out and exude that energy in the right places. So he said, managing your energy is the most important thing right now. So that's awesome. 100% right. Because what do people absorb? If you're going to negative spaces, you're absorbing negative energy. And what's that going to do? That's going to cause you to stop. But if you go to find positive energy, which is what you did by going to a Tony Robbins event, you went to absorb 
positive energy and you left with positive energy, which allows you to take action. And I got to point out too, like you are always in the entrepreneurial space and you achieve that through real estate, but you went to an event that was not about real estate. And there's a whole message there about educating and getting filled up in a different lane or in just a wider lane. A lot of us put blinders on, especially in real estate. It's like, I'm just going to stick to my brand and my information and crush, crush, crush. And if they would just move this shutter open, whole different world. And now your expansion goes wild. Yep. That's the thought process I had. It's the reason I, even though I was an independent for 10 years, independent broker, I looked at the Remax model. I looked at Realogy. I looked at Century 21. I looked at, you know, Compass, Keller Williams. Like literally I was always studying the models so that I could just be educated on what was going on for sure. No, I love that. So when you talk about the different lanes of real estate, let's talk sales, right? Tell me a little bit about your first couple deals and do you have a niche in the real estate sales industry? Have you created a niche or do you, would you tell an agent to create a niche or just go out and get deals done? Well, that's one of the things I would go back and fix about my early days is that in my early days, I would chase everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, 24 seven, I was your pop tart agent. Oh, the phone rang. Let's go show it. I didn't have a focus or a plan because I had commission breath. And I think everybody does when they first get in, you need the sale, you need the commission dollars. And so you lose focus on the overall structure of the plan. Well, that's something I have fixed 21 years later. I mean, but come on, if y'all are listening to this or watching this and you're an early career realtor, listen to us, get smart sooner, because the more you know, and I mean, everything, the easier it is to serve a niche. And in real estate, a lot of people get focused on just this tiny crust at the top, which is comps and neighborhoods. Or if you're a commercial broker, it might be a specific geographic area or a type of building. And you forget that there's all the layers underneath you need to know. You need to know grocery stores. You need to know medical facilities, parks and rec. What's happening with the DOT? What's happening with property taxes and regulations and then permits and zoning? And some of y'all are thinking, uh-uh, Lee Brown, that is, I'm not interested in that. Suck it up because you need to know all of those things to be perceived as a true professional who knows everything in and out about that space. So for me at this point, my favorite part of real estate, which that's where your niche should be, by the way, the one you love the most, I love old people. And I mean like over 75, generally moving from the home they've been in for 40 years, they're going to some kind of an assisted living facility, or they're moving in with kids, or they've had a spouse that has passed. I love getting to care and nurture the older generation. That's where my skills are necessary, and it's where I find an ability to connect. Now, that means I'm not working the highest price point, right? But you know what? At a certain point in your life, you're going to figure out that you better chase something that's bigger and more impactful than money. Mm-hmm. The money will find you if you're doing life the right way. But it says in the book of Matthew that where should your treasures be, Terrence? In heaven. In heaven. Don't be laying up your treasures on earth where moths and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. And your business is the same way. And so if you start chasing a dollar, 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 it's not sustainable. You're going to burn out. Your clients will hate you. And then online, you just kind of look like a miserable human being. But if you figure out what you want to do, maybe you love first-time people. You'd love somebody who's just come to America and now they want their piece of the American dream. Their little corner man 
see, I get goosebumps when I start thinking about right. how impactful your niches can be. And maybe you like to move up people. You love helping somebody get the dream house. They have busted tail in their small business and they've made it. You love celebrating with them. Get into it. Know it. Know everything about it. And then build your team around that too. So you may be working the move up luxury buyer. You better have a tax attorney. You'd better have a real estate attorney. You'd better have somebody that can talk about staging and decorating and then professional landscapers. And I don't mean your son who's going to cut the grass. I mean, the person who designs everything because that person is going to look for concierge service and a turnkey experience. So you build that out. I know that now because I didn't know it 21 years ago. And I'll tell you how much I didn't know. My very first deal was a buyer. And frankly, we got so close, they named their daughter after me, Terrence. And that's wow. when I figured out how impactful real estate could be. And by the way, she has now graduated from high school. I'm so proud of her because they're still friends of mine. But when they bought that house, I did not write the stove into the paperwork because I thought a stove would stay. Well, it was not a drop-in stove. That was a slide-in stove. And we went to the final walkthrough and that stove was gone. And mm. I called the listing agent and I said, hey, so where's the stove? And she said, you didn't write it in and they took it. And I'm like, but they're an FHA buyer. They have to have a stove to get a loan. And she said, figure it out. And so what did I do? I went down to the local appliance store, bought a stove and put it in the house. So my very first transaction cost me several hundred extra dollars for my mistake. Now, I didn't try and cast it off on anybody else, although I was very upset and mad. And I felt like she was being pretty slick. But in the black and white legal realities of it, she was right. I was wrong. I ate that expense. And by the way, that's when you know you've made it in real estate when you start buying stoves, refrigerators, termite treatments, closing calls, because you're going to make mistakes and they happen to be very expensive in real estate. But the difference in you and your competitors is, again, back to that choice that Terrence, you already mentioned. It's how do you handle it? Do you take responsibility, suck it up and fix it? Or do you just holler and blame and get on social media and yell at other people? Not worth it. She's not in the business anymore for the record, but here I am. And those very first buyer clients just bought their dream parcel of land on a mountain where they're going to build the forever house. And I don't think I would still have that relationship with them if I had just tried to cast responsibility elsewhere. So I, I still love them. They're still great friends. And actually, the space that they bought in now is where my specialty has moved. Because in addition to old people, I enjoy land. Well, if you want to get into a niche that's different than what you know, back to getting a mentor, get somebody who knows it. So I've been mentored by other land brokers so that I'm not in uncharted territory. Same thing if you're going into commercial or multifamily, you'd better be very cognizant of how you've got to go deep with the knowledge as well as the area. And you don't learn that right away. So I can't tell you this enough. You have to all, 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 always be learning. Real estate changes every day. But what's interesting is the technology is what we think has changed. We act like having DocuSign and electronic notary changed the game. No, that changed the timeframes and that changed some of the efficiencies. What hasn't changed is that real estate is a relationship business, a communication business, and it's built on your ability to ask great questions and to listen to what the other person says carefully so that you can provide options. Because every buyer and seller is different. Every house is different. And that's where you really start to learn as you go. And so you, your niche appears a couple of years later. I do think for the first couple of years, you work with a lot of different things 
under the eyes of your mentor or broker so that you can figure out where your passion actually lies. But when you find it, man, go all in and enjoy it. And then most importantly, refer out the stuff that you don't know and that you don't, you don't really love. So for example, I will refer out somebody who needs to lease a medical space. As realtors, the longer you're in, people call you for stuff like, I want to start a business. I want a restaurant. I want to open my own office, whatever. I don't know commercial leases and I don't have the bandwidth right now to learn it. So I refer it to this amazing commercial broker here in Charlotte. I love her. I just send her all that business. If you start clutching all the dollars right here with that attitude of scarcity, you know what can get into your hands when it's all closed up and clutching? Nothing. You've got to have that attitude of abundance that says, I don't have to know everything. I don't know everything. I'm going to give it up and give it out and protect my license, my liability, build her business and make sure that who's happy? My neighbor who called me. Yep. I love it. <laughs> we got to, I literally just talked about this yesterday. I might've put a live video up on my Instagram about abundance and scarcity. So Holy Spirit is moving today. He so, always so, does. That's when I get the goosebumps. And that's when I know the Holy Spirit is moving. Oh, he's, in, he's, he's present for sure. And so you, you said a lot of amazing things there with a lot of nuggets, a lot of wisdom. One being that I always tell my agents when I've trained them over the last nine, 10 years, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not a sprint. If you want to just run fast, you won't last in real estate sales. You'll burn out. And I think that's why that statistic, 50% of agents are out of the business after year one, 50% of the other agents to make it to year two are out. So only 25% of agents make it to year three. And the NAR statistic says that by year five, only 87, I mean, only 13% make it. So 87% are out of the industry. It's because everybody's trying to sprint. Everybody's not doing the hard work, like you said earlier. And in one of my, the pastors that I keep up with uh, in Canada, Leon Fontaine, he says, do the heart work, not the hard work, do the heart work. And so that's so important, man. That's awesome. So what's your one real estate concept that you feel like has been your secret sauce to your success as an amazing real estate agent? Authenticity. And let's just talk about how hard that is to find in today's world, because I don't care what political beliefs you have or what personal value system you operate on. Cancel culture is real. And when people are operating under fear, fear is one of the most powerful emotions that exist. And we've seen it come so to the forefront during this COVID era. And everybody's driven by fear, but fear shuts you down. And when you're afraid of being canceled for having an opinion, for having a belief, then people don't get to know the full version of you. And it says in Psalm 139 that each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made, but you better know fearful means respectful. God respects what he created and also expects you to really go do something. Well, the something might be letting people know that you've had a, a challenging moment because that vulnerability, oh man, it brings people into your space and they want to support you and empathize with you and build you up because it's okay to get poured into just as it's okay to pour out. And realtors in specific have a hard time with authenticity. They're afraid of being judged. They're also afraid of being told no, which you and I know is why they don't prospect in the first place because somebody <gasps> might turn me down. And then they're also afraid of not being perceived as perfect. And, and yep. look at their Instagrams, look at the Facebook post, and it's always sold eight houses today. I'm hashtag blessed. Okay, stop. What if you instead said, I had a great closing today. I'm just glad we made it because nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition and nobody expects to find termites. What if you start talking about some of the challenges that you overcome along the way 
so that people can say, oh, that's what they went through. And my realtor was there. Okay, I can do this. Your vulnerability and your honesty brings people to a place where they don't feel alone either. That's the magic thing about authenticity. You let people into your space and now they can start to connect with you. Now you have to know when you're authentically yourself and you say the truth that, that you're you're willing to speak. And I'm not talking about my truth, Terrence. I'm talking about the truth, which lives in the scriptures. And let's just be honest. There's not but one truth. And I don't care if you think that you can create your own. That would mean you think you're bigger than God and spoiler alert, you're not. But when you start speaking what the truth is, you're going to lose some people. That's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm an old enough person to have been told by my parents that sticks and stones don't break your bones, but words can never hurt me. I was taught, let the words bounce off. Sometimes they're not meant to do anything for you and you do not have to please the world and spoiler alert, you won't. And the sooner you understand that, you realize that working a niche can also mean finding people that are open to learning from you and getting from you. And I'm not talking about an echo chamber where people agree with you 100% because if they agree with you 100%, somebody's lying, but that they're open to conversation. And I love that when I speak truth. And when I speak where I am and who I am, I get conversations going people all over the place. And it's fascinating. And I love conversations with people with whom I disagree. I've sold houses to people that agree with me and people that don't. But man, we're good friends because at the end of the day, we can sit down and say, let's let's, let's talk about this. I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to hear where your experience came from which helps me grow. I grow when I'm more authentic. If I hide who I am, well, that's like a seed you never plant in the garden. And I have seeds in my freezer. So that, you know, I have my deep freeze because I have my garden, right? The seeds live in the freezer so that they won't germinate at the wrong time before I'm ready to plant them. Okay, so if I leave them in the freezer, I'm never going to have collards. And that's my favorite vegetable outside of okra. I have to take them out of the freezer and put them in the garden. And some of them are going to live and some of them are going to die. And then I have to keep the weeds out. And that's on me. But if I do the hard work, I'm going to have a harvest at the end. And you know the best part about that harvest, Terrence? I can share it. I love sharing and having people over to my house to eat supper. And I love serving what I've grown because the story is deeper and more impactful. And that's, to me, what authenticity is all about. Understand this. It's not about being ugly. You do not have permission to be ugly to people or to call them names or to tear them down. You only have permission to be yourself in a way that I like to say is kind, cool, and gracious. Because if you are kind to other people while speaking your truth, they might hear you. And if you're cool about where they are, they might hear you. And most importantly, if you're gracious, then you're giving them space to be in whatever moment life gave them. And all of that goes back to why video is so important. So if you're going to think about which tools make sense, video is amazing. And I know that y'all probably came to this episode because you follow Terrence's videos because you can see and hear and then the inflection and the energy, aha, it shows back up again. And then Terrence is a real person to you. Whereas if you're just getting text, we read text in the space that we're in. which is where realtor arguments often come from. They misunderstood text that was heard in a tone of voice that was never even used. Same thing with your emails, which can be dry and boring. And some of y'all are super entertaining and interesting people, but you haven't embraced the technology that you have. And so when you use video and then you say words, 
people can make a decision because they'll look at your eyes, they'll look at your face and your demeanor and say, okay, let me, let me listen to this. This might be real. As long as you're not trying to be overly fake and posed, which again is going against the authenticity piece. So long story short, it's about who you are compare, compiled with what you're using for technology creates what we call in the marketing world, pull marketing. All that's pull. People are drawn to you and they're drawn into conversation because you are the product not the house, not the building, not the dirt, not the mortgage, not the great information that you have. You are the product. So the sooner you let people find out what the product is, the more likely they are to become a client of it. Love it. Authenticity. Authenticity. I always say, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. I mean, that's absolutely a shorter way to say it, but I don't say anything short. We're a good I love it though. I love the energy. We got to figure out a way to work together some way. So in our industry, what do you see as the biggest opportunity for us? It's the same big opportunity that existed in 07, 08, and 09. And no, I don't mean short sales. I mean this, a lot of realtors do not educate themselves. They do what they've always done because it's worked fine. And so they're selling what they've sold and they're fine. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not okay with fine. And that's why you're on this podcast. That's why you've subscribed is because you're not okay with fine. So just look around the markets right now. So parents were recording this the first week of September in 20 and 21. And so if y'all are watching this a year from now, because you subscribe and you're going back through the archives, give you a little bit of time frame there where the markets that were wildly on fire, even frothy six months ago have now stabilized. We're not falling off a cliff, but we're not seeing 80 multiple offers and we're not seeing the wildness that we saw a few months ago. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful because I like a more stable market. But anyway, when you see a stabilizing market, it takes time for the majority of professionals to react to it because they're not doing the education. They're not reading the data. They're not talking to the professionals who know things to help their clients stay at the front edge of the curve. So right now, what we're seeing in our market is when I go to a listing appointment or my agents go to a listing appointment, we show the data and the graphs and the charts, the month over month, year over year. And we say, look, it might take two weeks to sell your house now. And we might get two offers and that's going to be a huge win, but this is not a 20 multiple offers. You're not going to see the wildness that we saw a few months ago. I mean, unless they're in the opening price point, super cheap seats, those are still fairly busy. It's a different message and they hear from the people we're up against because our competitors are still going and saying, oh yeah, so don't do any upgrades, don't fix it. Yeah, we'll sell it in five minutes. We'll probably have a thousand offers before you even go on the market. No big deal. It's so easy to sell. I mean, it's going to be great. So they're selling the six months ago story, but consumers are smarter than we give them credit for. And that drives me a little bit crazy amongst sales professionals. They make the assumption that the customer hasn't paid attention. They know. They've got friends that have sold and they're watching on Facebook and Instagram and they see the anecdotal stories. And often they're using that consultation presentation time as the way to figure out who's telling the truth and who's not. So the biggest way to set yourself apart is right now, because over the next 12 to 24 months, the bulk of your competitors won't react. The sooner you do the education, call your multiple listing service. In fact, some of the best training available Realtors don't take advantage of it because they're not numbers people. They're not math people and they blow it all off. Stop it. Stop it. Get uncomfortable. 
go back to class, call the MLS and talk to that little dude in the basement with no windows who knows all the technology stuff. And he loves humans because nobody ever calls him and say, I need you to show me how to pull month over month numbers for my zip code, year over year numbers. Show me how to pull days on market. Show me how to pull list price to sales price ratio because most realtors don't know how to pull those data points. If you do, high five for being advanced, but go learn something you don't know and put it in your presentation because houses sell. And I think we got to give that message to more people, Terrence, because they get very fearful. Again, fear takes back over when things are stabilizing. They're like, oh my God, it's the end again. <gasps> oh, we're going to crash. No, even in the crash, even in the recession, houses were bought and houses were sold because real estate happens no matter what's happening in the market. The difference maker is you. And it's how much you're willing to pour into this so that you can be a true education resource for your neighbors because your neighbors don't know what to do. And they're confused by the media. They're confused by what your competitors put on social media. They're confused by looking at apps that give them random information. You're a human. Your job is to pay attention, learn a little more so you can deliver that little bit more and help people with this, which is their biggest financial transaction. For most people, it's the single biggest thing they ever buy. And it's completely tied up with emotion, which is wow, because we buy expensive cars and you put a pool in your yard and you do big things. But the house, I brought the babies home from the hospital here. My mama sat there before she passed and they like look around their house and they get really, really verklempt like the old Saturday Night Live skit. You have to lean into that, but you also have to manage it with data. So don't be afraid of data. And you'll do great in the next 12 to 24 months. I love it. What's the one technology that you can't go without? DocuSign. I'll, I'll be on that list. <laughs> How can anyone asterisk though? Can we just add one thing, Terrence, to all the people yeah. learning from you? Y'all need to stop sending it without explaining it to people. Send it and have them call you so you can walk them through. I just had to add that little liability piece for E&O. For the people in the back. Explain it better. For the, pe- for the people in the back. <laughs> People always ask, how's your team structure? Like, do you have an assistant? Are you, how's your team structure? Well, I have had every team structure on the planet. And like every team leader, I am constantly adding talent and then helping other talent find better buses to ride on. Currently, I have two full time people, one on site, one virtual. And not, but virtual in the US. I'm a big hawk about hiring in the United States so that as a small business owner, I am providing jobs to my neighbors first. And you can at me on that if you want. I'm going to win, wave my flag, and tell you we got to take care of our neighbors. But anyway, I've got uh, one, two, three, four agents with me, and they're not buyer agents anymore. I used to do that. Now I just say buyers or sellers, whatever business you bring in, you are an agent partner. And three of them lean towards buyers and one leans towards sellers, but that's their niche, their personal preference. And I also have a part-time social media lady who helps me with like things like hashtag research because I like creating my content, but I want somebody to help me with the back end so it can be as impactful as possible. Love it. What are you doing? Because one of the things, like you said, everybody talks about how successful we are, how amazing we are, but we tend to not be vulnerable. What are you doing to invest in yourself? Like, what are you doing as an entrepreneur, as a real estate agent, as an amazing person in the industry to invest in you? Okay, so this is going to sound kind of crazy, but how I invest in myself is running every day. 
I get up at 4 a.m. and I run before daylight. Frankly, I don't want anybody to see me. And I'm not super fast. I'm not going to be on a podium, but it clears my head. It's also when I can listen to my podcast. I can get a a hit of motivation. If y'all haven't read Can't Hurt Me, that is the most motivational book I think ever written. And I'll listen to a piece of that or I'll listen to the news if I need to get my heart rate up because I'll get my heart rate up. And then I do my daily devotions. Taking care of me means making sure that I am focused on the Lord and on in my scriptures, not just glancing at it, but praying for cover so that I can and I can do things in the world. That's what makes me stronger because then I can get on social media and I can respond to comments and I can respond to emails, but it's the better version of myself responding. If I don't exercise and I ignore my scriptures, a worse version of me appears. And I don't like that version. I try to get rid of her because she had too much impact in my life 20 years ago and 10 years ago. And I've got to be a better version tomorrow than I am today. So that's the the self-improvement that I work on. And I'm so far from anything good. I'm just trying to get better. And I think that's a problem of social media. Perfection is never a goal. It's just one click better tomorrow than you are today. Or as my friend Maurice Taylor in Arkansas is always talking about, he's like, just 1% better. If I can just do 1% better, that's his whole goal. And then from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I do entrepreneurial things outside real estate to help my eyes stay open. And so I have coached with Dan Sullivan, who is the guy who's coached more entrepreneurs than anybody in the world. His program is called Strategic Coach. He's the guy that invented the whole 10X concept. And I go there and I get really defensive, Terrence, because I'm like... And then, I, and then I have to break down the defenses, right? Because I'm not where I should be, which is when my defenses kick up. And so then after I have my reset, then I can get to my list and go figure out what big thing I have next. And before you ask me, I don't know what that is. I'm still waiting on that to be revealed to me. So I just try to pour into other people, do my job really well that I have today, because tomorrow could be something so big, my imagination can't even, can't even imagine it. Love it. Love it. What's your big why? I have this many days on earth. I am here for some purpose that God has in mind. My why is to live a life that is ready for what he has planned for me. And whether that's with my kids, because I don't want to live vicariously through my kids. I want to watch them be who they're meant to be, but to support them. And I want to not live under the wing of my husband, but I want to support him and allow him to support and provide for me. And I want to make agents better and I want to make real estate better. And I love this country where we live and I want to provide opportunities. But all of those things are under that bigger picture of living in God's purpose for me. So that's why I do what I do is to make his name bigger and to hopefully bring other people into that space too. Love it. Realtor Relief. Can you tell me about that initiative? I'm so glad you asked about the Realtor Relief Foundation. It's RRF. And what most realtors don't know is it's 20 years old this year. It was founded after the terrorist attacks of 9-11. And this is why I love being a realtor, Terrence. And it's the story of who we are. So when 9-11 happened, those of us that are old enough, we know exactly where we were and what we were doing at that time. I was showing houses to buyers from New York City who had family members in the towers. Say, look, see, ghost bumps right there. And the news is happening and we're looking at houses. And it was very surreal because I'm getting calls from my friends in the FBI. You can't go to downtown Charlotte because we don't know what the next target is. 
So we're looking in the suburbs and I get done with them and I drop them at the hotel and I get home and you're staring at the news. And it was just, it was unreal. And by the way, they didn't move to North Carolina. They decided to go all in and stay in New York and be a part of the rebuilding, which ah, love them. So that happened. Well, our realtor leadership at the time was all traveling. You're on the road. So your volunteer leaders in the National Association of Realtors are out there getting work done with members in all 50 states plus territories. Well, they all got grounded. Remember, the flights got grounded and they had to call each other. And we didn't have cell phones except for our $10 a minute bag phones in the car for emergencies. And so they had to find some cell phones, you know, some hotel phones and pay phones. And they called each other and said, we got to do something. Well, the Realtors Relief Foundation was created to say all the people that were impacted now can't pay their mortgages, can't pay their rent. Some of them don't have places to live because of the impact of the explosions. Well, Realtors help with housing. So we raised in 100 days in 2001, $8.5 million. That's what Realtors around the country threw into the kitty and said, just put, here's the money, put it in the kitty, y'all figure it out, (laughs) which I love that about Realtors. We don't think, we act. But luckily, we act with such good hearts and good intentions and and good lawyers that we do things the right way. So in the 20 years that the foundation has existed, we've given out $33 million in 37 states and territories after natural disasters. So floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes, wildfires, you name it, we have been right there on the ground. And here's the coolest thing about it. 100% of the donated dollars go to our neighbors in need. The Realtors Association, our dues dollars, covers the overhead. And I love that about us. There's no other charity out there that doesn't pay overhead. So we just throw the money back out there. So currently, we're putting together our efforts. And we actually had a call this morning to approve the first of the grants for Louisiana because, of course, we all saw New Orleans. The lights completely go out as the city went underwater. Now we're seeing the after effects of the hurricane in New York and Pennsylvania and the flooding and the tornadoes, and it's crazy. But realtors are there. Like we're there before Red Cross gets there. We're there before, long before FEMA, because, you know, the government's not exactly known for efficiency, but the realtors are there. And we don't just help ourselves, we help all neighbors with grants. And it's money for housing. So it might be the security deposit for an apartment or a hotel till they get the water pumped out of the house. In fact, Hurricane Harvey, when it hit Houston in 2018, a lot of folks don't know that 80% of the families impacted didn't have flood insurance and they didn't have any backing. The realtors were there. We're like, hey, here's some cash. Let's get you up and running. Let's figure this out. And I love us for that. So we're doing our 20th anniversary. We're having a telethon on September 10th to help raise money for our endowment so that we always will have money available when things happen. And if you're listening and watching this, you can always make a donation by text. If you text RRF to the number 41444, make a gift and know that all of those dollars right back out to neighbors in need. And we give to it today because, Terrence, we don't know when it's our turn to get hit. You can't really predict when some things are going to happen. So Realtor Relief is in place to make sure that as realtors, we can absolutely focus on more than commission dollars, we are focused on community. Love it. Can you give that text and that number again? Text RRF. RRF to 41444. That's RRF to 41444. Love it. Final two questions. I have all my guests bring in a book that has made an impact. You want to talk about that book? And then we'll we'll close with our final question. Okay, so I even have my visual because I've read it about three times now. It's Dream Big by Bob Goff. Have you read this? 
I have it. I'm going to get it down. His other book is called Love Does, which talks about how love can't just be a word. It's got to be action. But dream big. And this is my journal. So I'm journaling while I read this every time. And it's so impactful because you asked me, you know, what's next? And we talk about the real estate life and then the journey and what you're doing with coaching. Bob is always pushing people to to get bigger, to not just be static, to not accept what the world's told you and not accept what you even told yourself, but to get bigger. So one of the things that he wrote in here is ask people you admire lots of questions, which friends, that's why you're on a podcast like this, so that you can find more people of whom to ask more questions. And I I underlined that and wrote it down because it reminds me to not be afraid to talk to people that I think are amazing because they're, you know, probably just normal humans and nobody else is talking to them. And then I also wrote down in here that God already knows. And that helps me when I'm doing dreaming that it's not me trying to create something different. You have to read this. It will change everything for you. I promise, promise, promise. And it's also going to make your heart feel big because. You talk about being a heart leader. He's the heart leader and his cell phone number's in here, right? This is crazy. Wow. In his jacket is his cell phone number. And I called it because I was like, nah, and it's his cell phone. And he talks to people. He said he gets about a hundred phone calls a day. <laughs> and I said, I need to be like Bob Goff. And so I want to be like people doing really big, amazing things because life's too short to live by fear. You know what you got to live by instead? You got to live by faith. There it is. There it is. Well, man, this has been so fun. We need to connect after this. I, I mean, we will. Just a, now, like family now. Hey, you you can count it, and just the way your perspective on stuff. I mean, I'm we have a lot of the same sayings because obviously we're connected through the Holy Spirit for sure. Final thoughts. What would be your final thoughts for our listeners today? And then, how can people find you? My final thought, friends, is that you are not most people. Whoever you are, somebody said most people this, most, uh uh-uh, you are not most people. You are here for a reason too. You landed on this episode today for a reason. You have been listening to Terrence for a reason. Until you understand that you are not most people, it's going to be hard to do the big things. But once you get it, you get to do the big things. We get to do real estate. That's the coolest thing about this business. Or maybe you're a mortgage lender. You get to help people achieve their American dreams. You get to, you don't have to. The have to people want to have the job that you have right now. So go show them the way. Always be that person who's opening a door and says, hey, come over here, check this out. Because that's what the American dream should look like. That's what fair housing should look like. That's what entrepreneurship should look like. It's I'm going to sling open this door so that you too can figure out that you're not most people. So when you go off this podcast, I need you to turn off all your notifications, turn off your phone and go into the world somewhere, somehow, some way, throw a smile at somebody because whoever you throw it at is the one needing it today. And that changes everything in your trajectory. Now, if you want to find me, I'm on all the socials. I mean, I'm on TikTok, but kind of because I don't understand it. I'll be honest, I'm too middle-aged for that, but it's okay because if you go to leebrown.com, All of my social handles are there. I have the most fun on Instagram. I'm a little over Facebook right now. I'm figuring out LinkedIn, but you can find me in all those places and you can learn right along with me because that's what I'm here for. 
Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Please subscribe on whichever platform you are listening and consider leaving a five-star review as that will help us gain traction and continue to bring you knowledge in the real estate industry. For more content, head over to terrencemurphy.com.